Hi, thanks for, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's Wilbur, Cyclops Wilbur. Thank you. Yeah. My name, my own goddamn show. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. You are listening to another exciting episode of Cyclops Wheelbarrow. I am your host, Kathy Russell. My guest today is going to be Paul Smith, a longtime friend of mine. And um, we're going to do some storytelling and um, talk about some current events and just all around have a good time. So say hello to the world, Paul. Hello. Hi, world. How are you guys doing? Doesn't sound like you're doing too well, but yeah, I'm here. It is. It's a. It's a tough time all around. How was your uh, now? How was your COVID experience? How was your during lockdown? How'd you do? Uh, the COVID's been great. The COVID's been great. The COVID nine. I like to call it the COVID nine. COVID nine. COVID nine. It's like a. It's kind of a got a COVID nine sound to it. Um, so you were saying that you uh, you your manager called you? Yeah, I was working at this restaurant uh, on in uh, West Austin. And um, uh, I got a call March 16th that uh, the restaurant was shutting down. And I got very, very uh, kind of upset because I thought, and I told Jim, I said, you know, man, if we do this, we can't shut down. If it's going to go this direction, we're going to be chopping at each other with machetes in the street for our gold fillings. You know, it's going to head that direction. Uh, And, you know, he said, well, everyone's doing it. And then I realized uh, a few hours later that, yeah, everyone was doing it. Uh, it was creepy at first, and then I kind of fell into it, and I was, then I kind of got to like the Kobe Nine. <laughs> there was less traffic, um, you know, uh, you know, everyone was so excitable about everything, and everyone was staying inside. So you could, it was like walking around, you know, uh, just a movie set with no people on it. It was kind of crazy now paul lives uh right down on sixth street uh in austin here and uh the they the saying for that is uh dirty sixth uh it's the big entertainment district uh if you've heard of austin you've probably heard of sixth street uh paul lives right there in the thick of things so uh, you were telling me that there's not one but two clubs that are right below you uh yeah uh i live above (laughs) i live above the lodge and uh, what used to be Toulouse, and I'm, I forget what it's called. It's called uh, I forget what it's called. I, it doesn't matter. But um, so in my my room, my apartment, my condo, the, the place where I live, uh, you can hear the beats going on from about six uh, uh, p.m. till about two a.m. And so it doom 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 doom. So it makes all this shit in my room rattle. Oh, so does it? Does oh, it make things move yeah, on the table? Well, yeah. It, it, it you know you can. It, it's like I'm like where's that new sound coming from? You know? I have a I have a funny story about about noise and moving things. Uh, when I lived in an apartment um, before this, uh, I would practice for my gigs, and as you know, I do drum and bass, which is very right. very bass heavy. We used to live together, so yeah. yes, I yes, remember. Yes, yes, very well. yes. We'll get we'll get to that. Paul and I, yes, Paul and I were actually roommates for a little while. Um, but anyway, so uh, I had a neighbor that came down and was asking me to turn the music down. So I asked him. I said, "Well, when are you? When do you work? And I'll just practice when you're at work." So he told me his work schedule, and so I would practice when I knew that he wasn't there. And then he came down uh, about, you know, a couple weeks later, he came down and he said, he was a big Greek guy, and he was like, hey, when you uh, are doing your practicing, can you turn down the bass a little bit? And I was like, oh, man, yeah, sure, sorry, I didn't realize. I I thought I was practicing when you, uh, uh, you know, when you weren't home. And he says, you do. He goes, but when I come home, everything on my counters <laughs> has moved over like two or three inches <laughs> from the bass. <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> to turn the bass down. You know, as a DJ, that would get to me having two different sound systems going because I think in my head I'd try to beat match them. Do they ever get going where they line up at the same time at least for a few I, I, seconds? <laughs> I've, been, I've been told that it's happened a, a few times. The, the guy that lives next door to me uh, uh, is, a, is a producer and uh, he's a cool kid. He's young, but he does. You know, he works on these uh, these loops. You know, he he writes his own loops, and he's like sitting there. He, he works on it for like seven, eight hours a day. So sometimes that that's going down through the day, and then at the evening, 
I get the two clubs going on, so it's constant. Which is cool, though. I could bring a bunch of people into my room and murder them, and they could scream, and no one would ever know. Nobody hear. would ever know. <laughs> You'd have perfect cover. That's right. There you go. Okay, but the, the funny thing about this whole situation is there's a smoking section, supposedly. Uh, you walk down the hallway, and you go out back, and you, there's a deck that, that, that sits above, because we're about a story above the club. You know, the club's on the first floor. The apartments and the uh, con or they call them the condos. They're just like little, you know, rat infested rooms they're not rats but uh and then i'm on the third the third part so i'm the closest to the this guy closer to god closer to god <laughs> the higher the floor the closer to jesus but if you go out to the smoking section you can stand on this deck and stand above to, uh, with a fence going down the middle you see one club the smoking section and one club of the the smoking section and you're outside and you can look down and you can go to a club essentially and not have to actually go and deal with people you you can watch you can watch uh, uh, people interact and it's so funny to see these kids out there and they're young I guess they're young to me but they're young and they're just you know everyone's you know sitting at these tables rolling joints and, and just doing their thing but it seems like I don't know just the, the the energy there is not it's not it's not happy energy. It's like very anxious energy. You know what I mean? Vibe. Yeah. It, the the vibe the vibe there is like very. And I actually I got the balls up <laughs> to go to the club when when a friend was in town and we went down to the one that was the hardcore when we went in there and it was just like seeing people and and people it was there's a lot of messed up folks in there. You know, I'm 54, so uh, it's. It's, it's strange to see these kids interact because it's not like it used to be, I guess, and that's such a fucking worn-out phrase. It's not like it used to not be. Not like it used to be. It ain't like it used to be. Back in my Back day. Back in my day, we used to walk to school with two different shoes on. <laughs> they called me Shoe Booty. <laughs> Didn't you say that you'd seen people having sex out there on the patio, like at the I club? Mean, you know, dry humping, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never actually seen anyone like in the nude like making love, but or <laughs> making love. Fucking, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of people like down there, you know, dry humping. And I've seen a couple of guys One down second. there. I should tell you that we have a dog in the studio, so that's just going to be part of the charm of Cyclops Wheelbarrow is the occasional, my dog's name is he's Walker. He's running the soundboard, by the he way. He is, he's running the soundboard, his, so yes. His paw hair is getting caught in these sliders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if you hear a dog sound here and there, just disregard it, he's just part of the ambiance. It's just us clipping the uh, hair out of this, the sliders. That's right. The faders. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a crazy. You know, you see that. It's just. It makes me realize how things have changed, and that I'm getting older. It's this weird thing. I don't know. It, getting older is very, very, very interesting because you it is. You start to realize, you know, what was important in life, or what is important in life, and what is is not important in life. And so it's it's uh, it's just very enlightening, but it's very disheartening at times because you realize, oh fuck, I'm getting old. I'm gonna, you know, my, my face is turning into wax. Right. You know, I look at the mirror. I'm like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, oh god, damn. Same. Same. <laughs> same. Or picture or pictures. I'm like, yeah, but who's that in the? Oh, that's me. Yeah. Oh shit, that's me. Oh, I used to be really good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think. Well, and, I, and and unfortunately, Paul and I have both experienced um, a fair amount of loss in our lives. And I think that, that having, having experienced that, it gives me more uh, focus in, in living uh, on uh, what's, what's important, realizing how finite it is. I mean, when you're younger, you think you're going to, you just feel like live you're going to live forever. Yeah. yeah. And you feel, and you feel indestructible, you know, cause usually you can bounce back from things pretty easily. And then as you start to get older, you're not bouncing back quite as easily as no. you did before. <laughs> it takes a little longer to bounce back. It takes a little longer to bounce back. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think that's made me have more value and reassess what I find important in living. Can, do you think that's I, happened to you as well? Oh, totally. I mean, uh, I, I'm not, not going to say that it's enriched my life, but losing uh, loved ones to death or, or whatever, losing them, um, sometimes you lose them in a mall, sometimes you lose them to death, you know? That was a joke. Uh, Did you say lose them at a mall? Yeah. Some, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you can't find them. Sometimes, sometimes you're at a festival and it, that's it. It was, a big, it was a big fucking mall. 
It was <laughs> that Galleria. That Galleria will get you. You know, whatever. They're gonna have to pitch up a tent in Saks Fifth Avenue. You it, know. It, yeah, it change. It changes your. It changes your whole perspective on life. I mean. You you know when you lose when you lose a close loved one you 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 become this different person and at first it's like it's just thrown on you it's like someone throws a bunch of paint on you and you don't know how to deal with it but then you start to learn how to deal with it and I'm like, oh I've got paint all over me I'm just gonna go ahead and go around with paint on me I mean that's a weird no I understand that analogy because that's the way that I've always said it's it's like learning to play with a handicap yeah you just it's not that it 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 gets a little bit better over time the grieving process but it's something that never goes away and you just sort of learn how to play with the injury you know how life has to go on yeah my uh, I had a cousin uh who whose brother uh uh contracted AIDS and then uh, this is back in the early 90s and then he, he died like a like a year after he contracted it but it was a very aggressive uh, a version of AIDS I guess that's what I was told um, but Andrew actually that was Gary Andrew actually contracted AIDS as well but he's been alive now for 16 years oh that's uh, great w- with it but uh, Andrew told me something when Gary died Andrew told me something he said he said uh because I I wear the I wear the uh, I wear it like a badge, you know. You, you I guess you you turn it into something else. I mean, you turn a loss into a into a not that much of a loss. I mean, I don't know how to how to explain it, but it's I guess you just you deal with it. Time time, and I hate this phrase too. I I hate this phrase, time changes things it, it helps you to get over things you know someone kicked you in the shin when you were a little kid you know in, in elementary school and you see them you know 25 years later and you're not gonna go hey you kicked me in the fucking shin and he might say you know oh yeah i remember that i'm really sorry you know or whatever but you don't judge people on past experiences and you don't judge yourself on past experiences you shouldn't do that it's not good so yeah, I read a really interesting quote, and I'm probably going to misquote it, but um, the, it uh, it was from a uh, uh, like a yogic yogic teacher, and was saying that um, there's no such thing as um, stressing about the past or the future. There's no such thing as the past and the future. There's only now. Um, the past is is in your uh, the past is. Uh, uh, is just your memories, and the future is your imagination. Yeah, the, your perception, your perception, your memories are just your perception at that time. So you know, remembering something when you're like, you know, ten years old, if if you were to see it now, the age that you are, the same situation or instance, you would see it in a different light. You would see it differently. But when you're ten, you see it in a certain way. You know, so. You have to realize that and, and not be, a lot of people, I know I'm bouncing around, but a lot of people hold prejudices, 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 <laughs> <laughs> my dentures are falling out, god damn it, um, but they, they hold these, these things, uh, these, these, this, these, these, these hate, this hate for whatever it is, you know, could it be, you know, black licorice or red licorice or, 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 or tomatoes or onions. I hated onions when I was growing up. And uh, I love them now. I put, same. I put them in everything. You yes, know? the same. But I mean, so if we, we keep judging, you know, we've, we've got to some, at some point, you know, realize that how we were raised, how we were raised, you know, sometimes our parents didn't really know the whole fucking picture, you know? Yeah. And and I hate to say that because for a long time I held, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness uh, till the age of 18 and then I left the, I left the faith. I, I don't, I say left the faith, I didn't leave the faith. Do, I kind of, do we call it a church? It's, is it a church? They, they, I get, well, well, you know what? You can call it whatever you want to. Yeah. <laughs> they called it a kingdom hall. Uh, it was, it was, it was really amazing just because the, the, it was amazing because I felt a lot of love there. But then as you get older and you start to kind of see the cracks in the hole, you, you, other cracks in the dam, you kind of see the, it's like, oh, okay, that's not right. Okay, well, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. 
and then you realize, oh shit, you know, these, this is not a really good organization. The, the idea is brilliant, you know, and, and, and the love that I felt from some people that were really, really into it were brilliant about it, and they, they really, they're, they're really good, amazing people, but they're not, it's not the, what it's set up to be, you know, they don't realize that it's a lot of bullshit, you know, I mean, yeah. I hate to say that. Now, when you were doing Jehovah's Witness, they're, they're notorious for being the, uh, going door to door. The door knockers? Did you do, <laughs> the door knockers, did you oh, do any I of did, that? I did the door knocking, yes, I was very, uh, door knockers. You were, and, yeah. and you had to wear a suit, and. Well, I mean, it, it, it depended, you know, it's like, if it's really hot outside, I mean, you'd have to, you had to, you had to have a tie on, you could be a clip-on tie, I guess, and then, you know, it was kind of. It was kind of plastic, if you think about it, the whole thing. I mean, you believe in it, and it, it sounds good, and your parents are, are t teaching you this, and so it's, like, pushed into your head. Yeah, I used to go, I used to walk around. This is in San Marcos back in the uh, the early, early 80s. Uh-huh. And walking around San Marcos, knocking on doors, and uh, there were several times where, you know, it was a college town. So you'd knock on doors and some girl would come to the door with no clothes on. And you're like a 13, 14-year-old boy yeah. looking at this, this hot, at least, you know, what you thought was hot at the time. <laughs> uh, nude woman. I remember one time some girl came to the door at Christmas. It wasn't Christmas Day, but it was around Christmas time. Uh -huh. And uh, she opens the door and screams out, Bingle Gels. <laughs> like, Bingle Gels. <laughs> like, jingle Bells. Uh, and it was it was like oh wow this is what oh. but you know I've been raised in a very you know just like closed up sort of way you know where your where your spring is held down and it, it's when, what do you what do you mean by that your spring is held down okay when you when you have children okay now if you if you if you keep their whole everything about them you keep it held down and you, you you're just you know they're ostracized by you and you know you hold them down when you do let off the spring it's gonna go yeah jump around the room yeah but if you let the spring up easily uh -huh. and you let it up easily and you're, you're good to your kids and you give them you know freedom you know determining that you know by their age and you let up the spring the spring just stays it doesn't jump around the room and do crazy shit and that's that was kind of the 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 mentality that i that i was brought up with but uh, i jumped all the fuck around the room yes you did <laughs> now were you I, I i and if i'm wrong please correct me but you were homeschooled correct yeah, yes yes I was. so not only were you jehovah's witness but you were also homeschooled completely isolated from completely isolated from the from the rest of the world yeah so you never had a prom you didn't have those rituals that people the, the only problem I had was uh, watching the movie 16 candles that's <laughs> yeah now do you do you feel like you missed out on some of those things or is it something that since you didn't experience it it's just whatever at the time I think I, I felt I, mi I missed out on things um, but I mean of course now it's, you know, I, I realize it's just, you know, that was just me being a, a silly young kid. Um, I feel lucky in the sense that I didn't have to go to public school because I, I, I did visit uh, in Santa Rosa, California. It's like north of uh, the Bay Area. Uh, I went to school with my cousin a couple of days, and it was really cool the first day, but after that it was not cool. And I just, I realized that it's like a little prison for young kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're eating the same shit that you eat in jail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just a place to, and it, you know what, you know what's really fucking sad about it? What? Is that, is that the, the kid, you know, they, they could be teaching these, these children, these kids, you know, brilliant things, but they, they don't, they just teach them this crap. And, you know, the kids get really uninterested in it. And it's, it's like. You have this opportunity to take these children and, and make them brilliant, you know, and you know, and tickle their minds. They question things, and they want to, you know, find out new information. But that's not how schools are, are, are done these days. It seems like they they are very. Just like, oh, get him, you know, push him out the door, push him out the door, you know, get him through, get him through, you know. Or my, from what I understand, a lot of it is, is, uh, revolves around the testing that yeah. they, that they're teaching to the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was part of the uh, uh, No Child Left Behind that it ended up leaving a lot of kids behind because they relied so heavily on the testing that they were teaching to that. Well, have you been following the story? Have you been following the uh, uh, what they're talking about with critical race theory about teaching critical race theory in schools? It, it's actually not ever been taught in schools at all. And I don't know what everyone's freaking out about. I don't it's, either. It's, it, it's not ever been taught in schools. Um, it's 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 mostly uh, like some kind of conspiracy theory, I think. You know, and and the I've never admitted this to anyone. I have never voted, and I will never vote. No you are one, my second. God damn it! You are my no, second non-voter to be no, on my show, and I, I am so pro-voting. I know, I know. I realize it, and that's a good thing. And okay, why I don't think, you vote? I don't vote because I've never seen anyone that took my my taint to make me vote for them. Oh wow! You know, I've never seen anyone that that was like so fucking badass that I would vote for them. What kind of choice do you have when you're choosing between two piles of shit? Oh, well, which one smells not as bad? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. It's hard not to get cynical about it. I try yeah. to be an optimist and try to find one that I, that at least somewhat aligns. Um, you know, there are, I mean, there are some people up in our politics that do excite me, but unfortunately they're, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm a very, pro, I'm very progressive. Uh, very progressive so. as well, but, but I don't vote. Yeah. And I don't claim uh, allegiance to either of those two regimes. You know, I'm not going to put my fingerprints on a train wreck. Well, I will say to my listening audience, even though I seem to be having on uh, non-voters on my show, <laughs> I encourage you to get registered to vote. If vote. you recently moved, vote. please vote. Please vote. We need it. We need it more than ever with everything. Regardless going on. of what regime you vote for, just vote. Just get out there and vote. Okay. No, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. I agree with you completely. Yeah, that's you may not, you may have different views than me, but get, just get out there and participate. I'm, yeah, I've become very as I've gotten older, I've gotten really interested in civics and paying more attention to what's going on and watching the news and things like that. And so I have uh, at the beginning of my podcast, I'm covering a little couple current events usually. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one, we've got so many juicy things to talk about. I'm skipping yes, that do. segment. Um, so, uh, Paul is actually um, OG Cyclops Wilbarrow mm-hmm. because he was on the original show. And uh, I guess I don't really talk, I guess I don't talk about this show much to people. I guess I just talk about my DJ stuff when people ask about like creative things that I do that everybody is really surprised when I mentioned that I had, that I had the show. But um, Paul has two brothers. Unfortunately, they have passed. But uh, Paul and both of his brothers were uh, definitely uh, stars on the show. There was one where uh, Paul's brother Ben threw a rave and made my number the call number. <laughs> so back in the day, when they used to have, uh, when they when they were called rave raves, now it's mostly just called like festivals, but uh, or club nights. Uh, when they were straight up raves and it was still a novel thing, you used to get the flyer. It wouldn't be, there wouldn't be much on it, and you could basically just get a flyer with a phone number, and the phone number would have the information on the address and where you needed to go to. <laughs> so Ben decided to throw a quote unquote rave for Halloween, and so he decided to use my number as the call in line. So that was one of the uh, that was I think that was the second episode of Cyclops Wheelbarrow was the uh, was the rave that Ben threw that and then. We didn't really have any DJs. It was just kind of, uh, I think we just had, God, what did we have? The did we technology. threw a mixtape on? Yeah, I think we did, yeah. We just <laughs> threw on a mixtape. And then I, I, I feel like we got a keg. <laughs> and and then it was just in, uh, it was in one of our neighbor's backyard. Yeah, you know, but Benjamin actually put on a rave at uh, where, where, where Whole Foods is on, uh, oh no, excuse me, not Whole Foods. Are you yeah. talking about Shine? Yeah, yeah, Shine. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, shine. yeah, the one at the it was like right there at Sixth and uh, Sixth and Lamar. Uh huh. And he he put it on, and, and of course you know he makes he gets on a plane and flies to L.A. with his uh, wife uh, with all the money. <laughs> that guy was such a shyster, but I love him. Oh, I I can't believe I had him working the door for my orb event. <laughs> that, of, 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 I, you know, looking back on it, of like of all of all the people that I could have think Bad of the choice. worst. Of, yes, Bad of the choice. worst pre- pre- people to work the door. Was and then they were doing whippets like as people were coming it's in. It's okay. He hung himself with a, a necktie, so yes, <laughs> he, paid, he paid himself back. <laughs> yes, I lost about. I think I lost about like four grand on that show. It was totally worth it. I learned a lot of life lessons yeah. at that show. You know, um, it sucks to to learn those life lessons that way. But, it yeah. does. And you know who I had work the door the next time I did 
at what? an event? My yeah. mother. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I learned I learned my lesson and put somebody I really trusted working my door. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, I've got like two or three people that want to go to the next uh, uh, MBA camp out. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, I know you sent me something, but I, I wanted to get the, the like a getter flyer or something on paper so I can... Oh yeah, we it's just it's all online. We should make some flyers. I saw some yeah. a cool flyer last night uh, at a show I was playing at where they made it like a business card yeah. and it had a QR code on it that you could scan. And now that people are more familiar with QR codes because the restaurants have them for the menus, yeah, um, I think we're going to get some of those made up. Yeah, so I don't have any kind of pamphlet really, yeah. to hand out. It's like when bands like you know they run off like five hundred vinyl records mm-hmm. you know, or wax records, yeah, yeah. And we could even make it and have it go to the general website too. I'm very excited about that, by the way. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about coming to the Amy oh, Camp Out? I'm going to be there. Oh, I'm that's like great. Two, three people. I mean, oh, at least awesome. two. At least two, yeah. So, Ambient Camping is uh, an event that I do where we, uh, I've been doing them for 23 years. Uh, we are now on number 57, I think. And um, so basically everybody camps out for the whole weekend and we, and it's a lot of, uh, we call ourselves sometimes the jaded ravers. It's a lot of, it's a lot of older ravers um, that, it, that, uh, that like to go out and be kids for a weekend. And um, we played uh, down tempo, chill music, uh, uh, trip hop. Uh, it we don't it it's in your mind you might picture like Enya and we're giving each other back rubs it's not like that at all <laughs> we cook out it's more like psychedelic tailgating we just we cook out it's it, there's a lot of the great ritual where you set up your tent and get your get your whole glamping going um, and it's and I've and I'm really lucky that I have lifers or so they call themselves so there's people that have been coming for ten years or more so it's nice that we have that core that I think that it helps bring in new people get them acclimated to what the vibe is like right. that I'm I'm really proud of the community that we've built and we have. Uh, we have built a lot of our own culture, um, so it's it's really special, and I'm glad that you're going to be coming. Yeah, it's a whole, a whole bunch of a lot of amazing people. I mean, it's it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool. The f- I think the first one you you did was uh, the first one you did was uh, 1996. Yeah, and uh, I think it was a going away party supposedly for me to go in when I was moving to San Francisco. And uh, that was really such a cool thing. I remember walking around the property, picking up, you know, tissue here and there or whatever, and uh, just cleaning up, you know. And it was not a mess, but but I found a bag of a <laughs> found a bag of LSD. You know, nice, yeah, <laughs> nice find. So, yeah, it was a nice find. So <laughs> there was that was that was the the very first day we came out that we did. That was one where uh, I forget that. It, oh, what is his? I can't remember Roddy, his name right now. Uh, but it was it was early in the morning, right? And and he, and we were still doing turntables at the time, so right, we had right. turntables out. The sun in nature. was coming up. The sun yeah, the was sun coming was coming up. up yeah. And he was so exhausted or tired that he passed out on the decks. <laughs> I remember while the that. music was still playing. I remember bumped that. his head on I remember it. That. But yeah. <laughs> It was doing vinyl in a camping environment is isn't because you really rebel. It is, but 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 you're pushing bugs off the records too, you know. And sometimes the needle will go over a bug like that's going that's on your record. Yeah, I forgot that we. Yeah, we were still doing vinyl then at that. Yeah, you were totally doing vinyl. Yeah, that was ninety. It was ninety ninety four. No, no, that was ninety six. Ninety six. That was yeah, yeah nineteen ninety six. Yeah, and then you were there for the second Amy Campus yes, that we yes. ever did. That's the one where I brought Alex Patterson from the yeah. Oh, and yeah. it snowed, dude. I remember. Okay, so okay, well, you, okay, you got your whole production going. We and I've been kind of helping you or working with you. Mm-hmm. you I was you know working for you, I guess. But um, so <laughs> it's February. I think it was February. Yeah, and it, it it starts snowing, and we're supposed to do this in Martindale, which is a, a little a little village outside of Austin. Uh, and it's snowing. There's no way we're gonna do this. Like the temperatures, like you know, at like 28. Uh, I mean, it was it was really fucking cold. And I'm green. I had never. Th- these were some of the first events I'd ever thrown ever. So so I dude, was learning lessons you, quickly. Dude, you pulled that shit off. Fucking amazing. Well, thank you. It was so amazing. No, I mean, I was driving because that's right down the street from where I live right now. So, well, yes, finish the story. So, okay, it's supposed yes. to be in so, Martindale. Yeah, so, uh, so, so I, have to, I have to drive to Martindale with uh, Fred. You remember Fred? Of course. He's the crazy kid from Johnson City. So, we go there and pick up all the shit. We make two trips, pick up all the shit. Kathy, on the fly, uh, 
totally uh, rinse, finds this place, this warehouse in uh, the central part of Austin, like downtown. And of course, this is 90, 98. No, yes. Yeah, 98. It was 98, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, okay, it was 98. Because you went, when did you, when did you go to London? I went to London in, well, I think, I went to London in 96. Okay. So I think maybe actually, the, so I think the first camp out was actually 95, and then we brought Alex Patterson in, nine, it was in 96, because by the time, I, when I went to London, I looked him up when I was there. Yeah, I remember, yeah. And it was me. a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, but he came to the uh, States, so I, mean, I guess it wasn't that much of a disaster. Or, no, I mean, the gig was great. I still yeah. have the recording from his yeah. show, and I think I even have the... Uh, uh, the the video footage I digitized it. And it's on YouTube on my YouTube channel. You can see the uh, oh my God, uh, yeah, you can see, can see uh, the uh, Alex Patterson and um, performing at the second ambient campout. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we moved, so we had to move it at the last minute. Yeah, so Kathy gets this. If you don't mind, I'm, so Kathy no, goes and, and, and rents out this uh, this warehouse. Like, and this is uh, on like third. I mean, this is really high priced place there right now. But she rents this out. Me and Fred go pick up the equipment, bring it there, and everyone comes into this club and puts their tents down on the floor. I say it's a club, but it's just a warehouse. It was just a warehouse that um, that we had found, or Kathy had found, and she found it like in three or four hours. It was really friggin' amazing that she was able to... Yeah, even <laughs> that, that, me that like, green. What, what do I bring this shit? She's like, oh, bring it over to this address. I'm like, wait, you already have a place? And goddamn, she has a she has an English DJ, you know, Alice Patterson. And I say English DJ just because I'm being all Americanish, but um, uh, and he's spinning records, and it was it was one of the most amazing nights of my, our weekends of my life. I say weekend, it was a weekend. It was it was so so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, it was like a lock-in, basically. But yeah, yeah everybody, yeah. I, I have right. pictures from it. I can put some of those on, on social media, those of you that follow my social media. But yeah, everybody set up their tents inside. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was like this little it village. It, it was so cool. And the whole vibe, of the, the whole thing was just like this family thing. It was. Even if you didn't know anyone, you know, even if you didn't know anyone... You would you would just like go up and say hey what's up and give them a hug because you were in the safe the safe haven the safe place with your little tents so you had a safe place within a safe place it was really now that's really vibe. fucking cool man it was really bad well thank you yeah. we still thank uh, you thank you oh we still do camp ins but we don't have a venue at, at this point yeah we uh the place that we do ambient camping now they they they're larpers and larpers are basically people that dress up in medieval and they beat the shit out of each other with nerf swords <laughs> and so the land that we have it's great it's a bunch of these uh punk rockers that are basically around our age so we get along really well with them but they've built this like kind of castle structure Tight. and the last camp out i was wishing so badly i, I would wanted everybody to camp inside the castle <laughs> and nobody did everybody camped outside of the castle so we had just the dj set up inside it and then everybody camping outside so it was a little disjointed but i was hoping for that second ambient camp out yeah. vibe of having the tents inside the castle right but it just didn't play out yeah. that way sometimes uh spontaneity is kind of like what breeds like this amazing thing that you know comes from it you know what i mean it's like you know everything goes down and, and it, it's like oh shit what do we do now and then you 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 know you make it better and you you get another thing going on and it's like it becomes much more amazing than what you imagined in the first place if that makes any yeah sense. no that makes total sense that makes total sense um so uh paul and i uh we used to be neighbors uh, I lived at this apartment complex when I was making Cyclops Wheelbarrow. It was called the San Pedro Oaks. It still exists. When I lived there, there was a hot tub and a pool. But unfortunately, I, I, I went by there recently and they cemented over where the pool is, which is just a, it's a travesty. It's a, it's a crime, I, I think. I can't believe that. And then now, and then now you think about when you go outside there, you just got all the cement just radiating heat at you when you get <laughs> out. So yeah, they filled in the pool there. I was sad to see that they did that. But, uh, so we would have the, we would have really good parties everybody it was uh there's this show in the 90s called melrose place 
and it was uh it was about a small apartment complex where there's all you know they're all it's, it was a soap opera basically and so we would joke that uh, san pedro oaks was like melrose place uh, because everybody we all, all the beautiful people all the there. beautiful people yes um there were some uh, yes there were definitely some some hookups so i guess there was some soap opera but every once in a while we'd all get together and pitch in money and we'd th- we'd throw some keggers and we threw some really good parties there but uh paul and his brothers lived next door and um they were musicians he's still a musician and uh my back window would face their house and i could hear them making like just this really psychedelic music at like three o'clock in the morning and just really going at it you know but uh uh, but uh, they they had lots of antics at that uh, at that house. Do you have do you have fond memories of that house? Oh my God, the Devil Den. Yeah, the Devil oh, Den is what we called it. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, you <laughs> called it that. You you actually coined that name. Um, you came up with that name. Um, yeah, she called it. Uh, Kathy called it the, the Devil Den. Well, you guys were always into like you were into. We're darker, you darker know. Darker goth was, yeah, and like yeah. Well, we're not so much goth, but we're just like you know, kind of. Kind of blackish, you know. Yeah. We were just like dark, you know, just like kind of, you know, in that direction. Uh, I remember this one, this one weekend when it was Parents Weekend for UT, and so we put this big sign up in the sunroom. It was a, a room that was. Uh, that was a great house. Oh no, no! Seriously, we were paying like five hundred bucks, five fifty, six hundred. And the living room it. was this great sunroom that had windows oh, all the way the around sunroom. it, so That's you what had I'm a talking great about. view. Yeah, you could see in like three different directions. Yeah, it was you awesome. You could see south, you could see uh, east, and you could see uh, north. So we, we printed up, or we made this sign with a Sharpie and a piece of paper, or a large piece of paper. It said, oh, fuck art, let's kill. And we just like pasted it in the front window. I remember that. <laughs> and people would walk by, I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on over there? You know, it was kind of funny. Uh, we did a lot of things. Um, there were firearms involved. I remember... Uh, uh, trying to get a uh, sampling, a gunshot, and I had a 357, and so I thought, well, okay, fuck, I'll just go down, like, record this. Hey, so we, we wired up a mic so I could go downstairs and then put a mic close to what the gun was going to do and then shoot it into the ground. So I do that, and gosh dang, lo and behold, you know, cops show up about t- t- two no. months later. <laughs> yeah, For gunfire, you For gunfire. don't say. I, I cannot believe that happened. But, uh, <laughs> We just ran upstairs and like shut all the lights off and <laughs> locked the doors. Like <laughs> no one's home. We're like no one here for those chickens. We're, we're in the sunroom and the, you know you can you can hide behind like this little you know you've got about like uh, three feet of a wall right until the, the window windows started. Until the yeah. window started, yeah. And so we're hiding behind those like three foot. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> what a bad idea this was. <laughs> Well, did but, you at least get your recording? That you yeah, we got the recording. Of course, it blew, it, it blew up the it blew up the the friggin' uh, uh, microphone. Oh, it did! It, it popped the little screen, you know, the little uh, wax out of the the little the little plastic thing. It was a uh, yeah. We were experimenting, you know. We were experimenting every t- we did this one, we did this one thing called Creeping Death, which I I didn't realize was actually a Metallica song. Oh, yes. I see that. Yes. Do you like my shirt? Yes, he's in a Metallica Sucks shirt. It says Metallica Sucks. Uh, I feel Lars. Lars. Lars Ulrich, I believe. He's a bitch, and he can suck my dick. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Ever since his war with Napster. Yeah, he's a little bitch. He's a bitch. But uh, it was was a fun time. I remember... um, uh, having sex with women, you know, inside and outside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it what was were a, you going to say about the yeah. something death? What was it? Oh, creeping death. Yeah, okay, creeping so, death. So what is that? We did this song called. Uh, oh, we did this project with this guy that I worked with, Mark Cagle. Mark Cagle. Cagle. Isn't it Cagle? Is it Cagle? Yes, Ke- oh, yeah. Ke- that was his name, Mark Cagle. That was nice. his name. But uh, Mark Cagle is like really into like metal, and so we thought, well, okay, let's get this guy over. We'll, we'll we'll write this really crappy song, and he'll come over and sing to it. It'll just be a joke thing. But he wanted to call it "Creeping Death," so we called it "Creeping Death." So we had this uh, slowed down sample of uh, a uh, uh, it was "Cool in the Gang" uh, song, and it started out real slow, and then it started these really sampled guitars like. 
kind of like a ministry back in the uh, early 90s? Yeah. Did, you're, yeah. When, when, when I say goth, it's just kind of like a broad term because now oh, yeah, goth has yeah. been so ruined by Hot Topic. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's just a brand Hot now. Hot Topic. Yeah. Which they didn't have. Back, back in the day, we, before we had Hot Topic and we wanted to get cool goth clothes, we had to always wait for Halloween. I think that's one <laughs> of the reasons why I still get excited for Halloween because that's where you could always get, that's when you could get like skull rings and yeah. things like that. And Put black eyeliner on your Exactly. Exactly. Now uh, you can just pick that stuff up at Hot Topic. But <laughs> yeah, I think your music most resembled like it was more like industrial shoegaze. Yeah, kind of. It was a mix of that, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of like a guitars with a lot of uh, programming, which I've always been a fan of. I, I like mixing, uh, uh, you know, uh, acoustic instruments with electronics, and you put the two together, and it really becomes this really cohesive, amazing thing. It's it's, it's really it's really beautiful to listen to if it's done right. Well, and what was what was uh, unique about well. When you guys did it, uh, there was no such thing as a DAW. There were no DAWs. No, no. It was all yeah. hardware. It was just all hardware. And that was a hard thing. You know, now I'm so jealous of the current generation because now you just, you, you can pirate a bunch of software and then you're ready to go. You have a full studio at your disposal. You yeah, you probably have to buy an interface, but you can pick up yeah. a decent yeah. interface for 150 bucks. At the same time. And then you're good to go. Back in that, in the 90s, when you were making music and you wanted to do electronic stuff, it was all hardware. You needed thousands of dollars in order to have the gear you know yeah. so but but it was also your screen was so small it was just you, you had to be a kind of a you kind of had to be a grease monkey a you, little you bit you're dealing with dot matrix i had an insonic uh, sampler and it was a rack mount sampler so you just plug the keyboard in via midi or the controller and uh so you would <laughs> the way you would uh, adjust samples with was completely by the numbers you had no graph you had to like listen to it and then change it up and then listen to it, change it up, change it up, listen to it, change it up, and you saw the numbers, and you locked it in when you thought it was right, and it would, it would, uh, you know, take that sample that you just edited uh-huh. and uh, uh, put it towards, uh, you know, the, the 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 little floppy disk that you put in. It was yeah. it was crazy. Um, Talking about. We were talking about hardware, yeah, about yeah, how yeah. we didn't have DAWs, that but, it was all hardware. Yeah, and you said something, you said, you know, you're jealous, and I am too. Yeah. I think it's amazing, you know, what we could have done back then with what they have totally. now. Totally. You know, completely amazing. But at the same time, I'm really, for a bit, I was like very, not jealous, but very like, oh, these guys aren't working hard. Like, I used, I used to work hard, you know, um, but that's, that's, that's not the point. A lot of these kids or people that have gotten the chance to do music with a computer, yeah, have some of them have come up with some really amazing things. Oh, I and agree. And these people are, are artists, and so I think the uh, technology, the new technology, oh, I say new technology. Well, the how well we have gotten has provided the opportunity for uh, people who had no idea that maybe they were kind of uh, had, a, had a snap for something, you know, realized it because of the technology. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's badass. Well, and it's interesting how the technology uh, influences your workflow. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think yes. the style of music that you make and the way that your music turns out is, in, is definitely influenced by yeah. gear. Yeah. Um, when everything first went software... Um, I was down, I downloaded and yes, I are pirated, but uh, I was broke. It was, I was in college or I know, but anyway, I know this was past college. I was just broke, but I, you know, I downloaded like all these plugins, you know, like like 50 VSTs. You didn't need them. No. (laughs) I, and I, and and I, and I, and because there were so many, I, it was ridiculous. I made the learning curve too high to, you know, so I never learned how to use any of them because there were too many. Yeah. So now the way that I do it is I just have in my studio, I have my, I have my DAW. I'm a, I, I, I support logic in my day job. So I, I use logic 10. But I only have, in terms of my plugins, I only have maybe three or four plugins. And uh, it ha- really helps because I've made the learning curve smaller so I can actually really learn those plugins and get the most out of them. But then also, because I'm using certain plugins and, and this DAW, it brings out, it, uh, it, it makes my sound. I have I have a it makes right. out it makes a certain sound right. kind of like Prince in the Purple Rain days that that uh, that the, the drum machine that he uses you know on um, like uh, 
like uh, Darling Nikki, that Duke, 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 Duke. I think it's a 707 or an 808. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, and it really, that gear really crafted that sound, yeah. you know, for, for Purple completely, Rain. Completely. Along with his guitar playing, of course. Yeah. But in terms of the electronic gear that he used, you know, I think it really helped to shape that. It made a certain sound. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I try to just use like a few plugins to, to have my own certain sound. I think when you have too many things going on, it's, it's like too much to, to choose from. And so you, it would be easier for you to choose from, okay, for instance, okay, when me and my brothers were starting out, we had shit instruments. I mean, we saved up to buy a, a, a realistic reverb. It was like this big black box, and it had like four knobs on it. It would, it would, it was like a really, it was, a, it was like a really shitty uh, short delay uh uh, with a reverb, uh-huh. you had to to adjust it to get to get what you wanted, but uh, you can you can actually hear hear it used on like a Skinny Puppies one. And I know you hate Skinny Puppy. I don't hate Skinny Puppy. <laughs> I remember I didn't see this. Record. No, I, I just I had, I had a boyfriend that. Whenever, <laughs> oh, okay. that's what it is. I had a boyfriend that when he was in when he was in a band, he would he wouldn't just like the band. He was obsessed Obsessed with that with band. Them, yeah. So at the time, <laughs> he was obsessed with Skinny Puppy. I remember. I and I and I I liked him okay, yeah, yeah. but not the boyfriend. I was totally in love with him. Yeah, but um, but when you hated the boyfriend, you started to hate Skinny Puppy. That might be part of it. That's yes. probably part of it. I remember one time I'm playing Skinny Puppy. He's like, "Turn that shit off! That that motherfucker just screaming." <laughs> but no, uh, I would go to a Skinny Puppy show now. No, I've been to four of them actually, and I'm not this huge Skinny Puppy fan, but the the, the show is really really. Uh, the show is really, you know, it's it's pretty spectacular. I think you know it's very. It's immersive. It's it's, it's performance art. You yeah, know, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I saw him. I saw him. The first time I saw them was at uh, Red River in '86. Uh, Red River in Seventh, uh, and it was a club called uh, the the Cave Club. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I saw I saw I saw Ministry there. I saw the Skinny Puppy. I saw Skinny Puppy there. I played there in '86. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! With Napoleon Solo, it was a shit show. Like fifteen people showed up. But, you know, it was fun. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, the you know, living downtown really is weird because it really uh, it, I don't know. You soak in this, these memories. I mean, there's there's like these parking lots that I've done weird things in that are now high rises, and it's very strange to. To, to like be around that area and like see things that have changed, it just reminds me that I'm getting really fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> well, the town that in Austin has changed so much. You know, when I'm downtown, I still try to remember where we threw that the second ambient camp out, and I I cannot for the life yeah, of me. It's, it's at Third and uh, it's at Third and I can't remember this Cross Street. Can't remember the cross is the building no. still there? Or is it's it now there, a high yeah. rise? Really? No, no, it's still there. It's still the brick building, and it's uh, also it's uh, where they do yoga for a lot of rich, you know, mm. women. <laughs> it's been transformed. It, it, it's been transformed. Yes, it has. Well, um, one thing that Paul was involved in of my show uh, for Cyclops Wheelbarrow was I had a a very special Cyclops Wheelbarrow episode called Twenty Five Vomit Stories. <laughs> and it, that's it's exactly what you think it was. Um, I played uh, West Montgomery over it, which is like this total music, this like soothing music that went over it. And it's basically all of it's all of my friends all telling stories about one time that they got sick and threw up and something that you know like it was at a weird place or whatever. And so we have a shot in, in we have a shot of Paul and Paul is acting like he well Paul's on the toilet. Not he's not sitting on the toilet. He's acting like he just finished throwing. <laughs> Up. And I was very into shock value when I was younger. I'm not so much into that as I used Bullshit. to be. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I have it in different ways now. Yeah. But anyway, so Paul was was one of my featured uh, people for uh, 25 Vomit Stories. He told a story about it when he had a bad reaction to some medication. Uh, it was a medication called Placidil, I think. And uh, do you remember your vomit story? Yeah, Placidil is a is a is a uh, a drug that's uh, anti. What's really funny? It's a, it's an anti uh, throw up drug. Oh great! Yeah. <laughs> Look how well it worked. Uh, yeah, but but the funny thing is, it comes in only in well at that time it only came in suppository form. Oh. So you would have to you know stick this thing up your you know ass your butt and uh, it's all greasy, 
And uh, but it had a really strange effect on me that I it made me very nauseous and want to puke, and I threw up for oh, a long time. Uh, it was it was a violent kind of throwing up. It was like your body's just trying to just get rid of everything that it has inside of itself. Uh, but uh, yeah. But your story was talking about how you had eaten something green, and so and so oh, the yeah, placidil no. was the placidil the was pla- also affecting you because it was like this green. No, but the placidil the placidil when you take it, uh, okay. When you take it, it's green. When what you shove up your ass is green. Okay. And so you're thinking, okay, well that's weird. Why was this? Wouldn't it be just clear or something? But it's green, so you shove it up your butt. And then I threw up green, and I thought, well, did I did I eat something green? Uh, I have no idea. But what what happened is something I put up my butts went up into and came out of my mouth, which is really weird. It reminds me of the South Park, <laughs> yeah. South Park episode. You know? You said it was like a green, placid lake. It was a green, placid... That's what called. Placid is Green, placid lake. Green. Everything is going to be okay. Just look up to the green, and everything will be smooth sailing. Listen to that Criss Cross song, Smooth Sailor. Smooth Sailor. You know, I still listen to Criss Cross. He lives here in Austin. He collects Beanie Babies, Criss Cross. Cri- you mean Criss Cross? Chris- Cross. I call him Criss Cross. Oh, yeah, y'all are tight like that. <laughs> no, we're not tight. I just, yeah, Criss Cross. Criss Cross. Yeah, well, because there's the band Criss Cross. I know, the black kids with the backwards uh, yes. clothes on. Yes, they'll make you jump, jump, jump. Yeah, we'll make you jump, jump, jump. Boom, boom, boom. But no, we're talking about Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross. But that's fine. Criss Cross. Yeah. Y'all are yeah, on yeah. that. Y'all are on those we're terms. On level. Uh, I, I supply him with his Beanie Babies. I, I try to, <laughs> Does he really collect Beanie he Babies? He really collects Beanie Babies. You can Google it. I think. <laughs> he, he actually collects Beanie Babies. Uh, you know another weird uh, collector story. Did you know that Phil Collins actually has the the largest con- collection mm-hmm. of Alamo memorabilia. Whoa. That he grew up being interested in all that stuff and he actually recently donated a lot of his collection to the Alamo that now you can see stuff from Phil Collins's collection in San Antonio. And so it's special because Phil Collins collected it? Well, no, it's real Al- it's no it's special because it's real Alamo oh. memorabilia. Oh, like okay. things oh, that are from cool. the original Alamo. I bet he hates Ozzy Osbourne. Why? Because Ozzy Osbourne pissed on the Alamo back in Oh, he may. Yes, <laughs> that, yes, he may. He may. He may hold that I'm against not, him. I'm yes. not doing it. I'm not doing a record with that cunt. He fucking pissed on the Alamo. He pissed on the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Wow, the Alamo. Yeah, that's crazy. Welcome back, everybody. So we are now going to play a game uh, that we played in the first podcast. This is going to become a usual segment. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen to a few bands that I've heard of or that uh, I've seen the name, uh, but I've never heard any of their music, and Paul hasn't either. And uh, we're going to listen to it, and then we're going to talk about what we think about it. So the first artist that I pulled up, this is an artist that's been kind of in the news lately. Unfortunately, he made some homophobic comments, and that's very uh, controversial but anyway this artist is called the baby does the baby hate queers i i maybe <laughs> possibly cuz he hates me <laughs> <laughs> so here's the baby and we're going to listen to him we're going to see what we think this song is called whole lot of money Oh, and there's yeah. 
shit right now when I'm done having fun, I'm chillin'. 2019, I went bought a nine nigga state. 2020 made 20 millions, gotta be kidding. I ran laps around all of these niggas. Shit like Shakari Richardson. The whole world watching, they wanna see how he gon' figure it. To make back chocolate and cinnamon, I'm in this bitch right now, like it was too many. These niggas must have forgot what they were dealing with. One day I could die right now, nigga, literally. Whole lot of money in this motherfucker, shout out to B. I'm back on my B, I'm my business. I used to sneak in the club with a little 22, I got in with the stuff in my tennis. 80% of these rap niggas bitches, so fuck what you think about what happened, I did. Gonna have to compare me to one of them niggas. So, number one, I have no idea what he's talking about. He's talking about he's talking about getting a whole lot of money. Okay. And how he gets it, he doesn't really go into show that I can tell. He goes into uh, goes into detail. But uh, yeah, he's talking about having bitches and lots of money, and it's he's propagating this whole idea that money is very important, which is propagating the whole idea that the government and the whole fucking society. Sorry, it's propagating. <laughs> That's kind of gross, actually. Yeah, it's, to, so it's very that. it's it's very materialistic. Very materialistic, ostentatious. Yes. So it's something where I probably I probably wouldn't download that. Yeah, I wouldn't download that it's, either. It's not my. But but, not but my hey, deal. how many like sixteen year olds are downloading that and like watching? Apparently it over a lot. And over, Apparently he's a pretty big star. Watching it over and over and then getting ideas like, oh man, look at this guy. He's got money and bitches and he's doing great. He's got big old shiny cars. I want to go out and get that. I want what he has. You know, I mean, and how did he get it? You know, and he's, 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 I don't know, man. I just don't think that's really proper. I mean, I'm not being a dick or anything, you know, free will, you know, free speech. But I think that kind of, that kind of like, that kind of thing is like really not good for youth. You don't want to throw that kind of shit in, in kids' face because it's they're going to start the, doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of the same old, same old that we that that we see with rap music to where it's glorifying yeah, it's money. Like, yeah. It's glorifying material things. Yeah. You know, I mean, his rapping style is good. He oh, no, he's badass. The, guy, the guy's fucking talented, but what his his verbiage, his, what he's talking about, is not really. I don't think it's really. I don't know, productive. Man. Yeah, I don't think it's productive. It's not productive in any kind of. I know I came from the streets. I came from the hood. This is what I'm singing about. I'm rapping about the hood. Okay, man, it's great. But you know, what are you you're propagating this whole negative thing again? What, what are you doing that for? Do you, you're getting out of the hood, right? So do you want to help other people get out of the hood? Or do you want to keep, keep on, you know, glorifying, you know, the hood? Right. I totally agree with that. All right. So here's our next artist. It's called Capyak. C-A-P-Y-A-C. Uh, they, were, this is, they were coming to Austin recently, and I saw it on a flyer, and I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> so this is a song called Ooey Ooey Ooh, which I think this, I think, yeah. This Are they is, from Sweden? I don't know. I know nothing Abba about this band. Abba is getting back together. Abba is getting back together. Are they really? Yes. Abba, Are they really? Yes. Don't gonna, bullshit me, because I'm, I'm excited I'm, no, about I that. No, I saw this on, on the TV. Oh, I would go that. to that yeah, shit. Yeah, me too. Speaking of money, 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 money. All right, so this is Capiac, if you ever wanted to know. All right, so we have to get through the ad on YouTube. All right, Capiac, here we go. Cool intro. <laughs> yeah. We're off to an interesting start. I think it's really shitty after this. It, it might. Uh-oh. My first impression when I looked at the flyer and the right. flyer type was that it was going to be some kind of top 40 electronica stuff, like yeah. EDM, if you will. But we'll see. Okay, let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, oh, It's not what I was expecting. Yeah. It's not at all what I, that I was expecting. Okay. It's just kind of some top forty. Kind of, I kind of. I, I mean, it's very top forty, but I mean, I kind of like it. It's like a. Uh, it's like uh, what is it? Uh, the, the five Marine Five meets Jamiroquai. Oh yeah, it is kind of like that. It, it is. It is yeah. very Jamiroquai-ish. Jamiroquai and uh, Marine Five. Yeah. Meets Aqua. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl in a, a Barbie, Barbie world. world. <laughs> I love that song. I gotta tell you, I love that song. All right, so that's uh, that's Capiac. All mm -hmm. right, so this one. Now this one, I'm cheating a little bit, but um, uh, because I have heard of this group, but um, they're really good, and um, I want to play some for you. Night and, Ranger. Um, this yeah. is a group out of Austin, actually. Oh, really? It's a group called Night Drive. Oh, 
Huh. Have you heard of Night Drive? Oh, uh, they, oh, I mean, the, uh, okay, just go and play them. <laughs> All right. There's a French guy that goes, ooh, I like this already. I love that. Very house. This, this particular song is very housey. Is it a lot of this stuff like this? Oh, I like It that. is. Yeah. I like that, I like that bass. You know I'm a bass guy. I didn't I know that. I'm love the bass. So here's another Night Drive song I did yeah. want to play for you because okay. this one is probably a little bit more indicative of their sound. Let me fast forward a little bit. Okay. Kind of like ambience, mid tempo. You know what? This is not the night drive that I'm looking for. Are I mean, you looking for the French guy? No, I'm looking for the band called Night oh, Drive. This guy, Kavinsky. Oh. Do you know who Kavinsky is? Oh yeah, I, I was listening to this like two or three years ago. This really? Is a great song. It's really the listen. This is really good. It starts out with this this really good like. Uh, night drive the sounds woman, a lot like this. Yeah. yeah. The woman, the, the girl, there's a female chorus or a female uh, verse. No, it's a female chorus. He does the. You tell me. I don't know which is which. It's really strange. But listen to this. It's really cool. It's really cool. It is really really cool. It's got a good drop. I have never heard of Kavinsky, but I uh, like it so far. He's like an old French guy. He's in my age. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's sexy as hell. Yeah, it's fucking way sexy. Wait till you hear the chorus. It's that kind of weird. It's almost beautiful. Why? <laughs> no, I'm taking it. This only I'm taking. Why do you think it has like a no, it does, it get does, in the van it does, it kind of quality it. about it? I throw it. that flavor onto it myself. Listen. I love it. Cool when this kicks in. Yes and no. But then it drops back to the old like synth pop. It's very synth pop. I'm gonna have to add this to my repertoire. Well, we just found a new winner, and we just turned me on to something new. Yeah, we learn stuff every day. That's right. That's what I like to do with this podcast. (laughs) So one thing. uh, Well, thank you for playing the game. No, 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 that was great. Um, So part of the game too uh, is that I always like to ask my guests that are very music oriented, which the majority of my friends are. um, What's an artist right now that you're really into? Like who's who who are you who are you crazy about right now of a music recommendation? Oh wow, that's a that's a hard uh, question to answer. What are you playing on repeat these days? Uh, oh what, uh, shoot, man, I've been playing all kinds of stuff. I mean, I play. I've been listening to a lot of like funk and Motown and disco again. Me too. I, I go in these weird uh, circles where I'll just like listen to one album for like a week, and then I'll, I'll be like, okay, we'll change it. But I mean, the advent of uh, you know, you've got YouTube, you've got you know, Spotify, you've got you've got all these different uh, platforms that 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 uh, you know provide you music, and so you have an infinite amount of uh, choices, which is really really amazing. But also, yeah. at the same time, when you have all these choices, it's kind of sometimes hard to pick. For if you can see my playlist on a, on a, what is it, Pandora, uh-huh. it's like it, it's just it's like miles long. <laughs> uh, but I love music, regardless, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I love all types of music, all genres of music. But what I've been listening to lately is, I, oh, you know, I've been listening to uh, uh, Barber. Uh, William Barber. Who, who's that? He's a, he's a, he's a, he was the last American composer. Uh, uh, he, I think he died in like 1930-something. But uh, I guess he's best known by this one piece that he did. It, it was used in a, a... What was that Vietnam movie with... Uh, uh, what's his face? <laughs> oh, God damn. Full Metal Jacket? No, the other one. Uh, the the one that platoon uh, platoon it's platoon when the the villages are burning it's wow wow it's just really pretty pretty uh, pretty piece 
And that was his last piece before he died. It was the one that became very popular. But I used to play this in the restaurant that I used to work at. And I played it, I used to play it a lot because it was really pretty, it's just so moving, you know. I've been listening to a lot of the classical music lately. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I am crazy about the new Leon Bridges album. Oh, um, he's a badass. Yes, yeah, he's out yes. of Fort Worth. He yes. reminds me of like of Sam Cooke a lot. Yes, yes. Very much but so. I I've even been better. On, I mean, not to say better, but different. But but different yeah. in a different way. You know, just like a. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But uh, you're that's saying. that album just came out. Uh, I think it's called Gold Digger Sound, mm -hmm. and that just came out like in the past like couple weeks. But yes, I've been playing that quite a bit. It's yeah. just oh, I, I love Leon Bridges. Yeah. It's not electronic, but it's just good well, soul no, no, music. Well, no, 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 you know, uh, that's what I try to explain to people, that music is music. You know, whether it's it's electronic or whether it's it's all acoustic or it's mixed, it's really, 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 really important that you appreciate music that is great and, and amazing. And there's a lot of shit out there as well. And you can turn on the radio and hear it every day. Uh, but sometimes you got to dig deeper and find the good stuff. And you yes. look, and you have, to ha you have to have an open mind. Yes. You really do have to have an open mind and just be aware of what's going on. And uh, if you don't, you're going to miss out because there's a lot of amazing things going on. I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing the game, and thanks for coming out today. And you've been listening to Cyclops Wheelbarrow. Thank you.